Hey guys, welcome back to the Lightline Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Prosser, joined as always by my trusty sidekick. Um, maybe I'm the sidekick in this scenario. I don't know. I but, we can uh, both no, sidekicks. I'm good with that. Yeah, we're, we're each other sidekicks. Um, but yeah, I'm joined as always by Dakota Jacobson. Dakota, how is it going this week? It's going good, man. It's been uh, been kind of a uh, kind of a hectic week, but I always enjoy those because it makes them uh, go by pretty fast. So ready for a uh, ready for a good weekend. Right. Yeah. Likewise. Well, we have a. I don't know how to describe today's video that we're going to be reacting to, um, but maybe it doesn't really need a whole lot of uh, prefatory comments. Maybe we can just get straight into it because I think the video really speaks to to itself. Um, we're going to be reacting today to a video by a guy by the name of Brandon Robertson. He calls himself Reverend, but um, and this will make a lot more sense once we play the video. I am not willing to identify him as a pastor of any sort. Um, he is not a proclaimer of the gospel. And so we will just call him Brandon Robertson for this video, and we are just going to react to one of his um, exegetical, I guess if you want to call it, uh, <laughs> one, one of his yeah. quote-unquote exegetical videos where he is going to be trying to explain um, the story of John 11, you know, where Jesus raises Lazarus. So Dakota, if you want to go ahead, and unless you have some comments you maybe want to make beforehand, but if not, yeah. we can get straight into the video. Yeah, just a couple quick ones. I'm sure probably most people that are watching this or listening to this have probably heard of this guy before. Um, unfortunately, it's kind of hard to avoid with the, you know, I'm not even on TikTok and I still am blasted with it on, you know, Instagram or YouTube or wherever it's from. But yeah, I mean, it's, I think this is going to be more of a, a conversation. At least our, I think the hope is that it's a conversation more of, obviously there's going to be uh, elements of, you know, as we'll see, as we get into the discussion of um, you know, things like homosexuality and things like that. That's going to be prevalent in his discussion and his interpretation of the text. But it's also going to be, I think, a bigger conversation about the error and the danger of picking and choosing which text we're going to follow. So hopefully that's kind of clear as we go throughout this. Um, I think this is going to be a pretty quick uh, video. Um, not the one we're showing. The one we're showing is going to be quick. But I think our, our episode today is going to be pretty quick. Um, but every time I say that, it never is. So um, but I feel like today is going to be. So I'll go ahead and uh, and start this, and we can kind of just just react to it. So let me uh, let me share my screen. As always, Chris, let me know if uh, if you're unable to hear this. Yep. Okay. Did you know that Jesus helped his friend come out? In John chapter eleven, verse forty-three, this is what it says: Jesus called out in a loud voice, saying, "Lazarus." come out. You see, Lazarus was locked up in a cold, dark tomb, wrapped in burial cloths, left for dead. That's exactly what so many Christians and so many churches do to LGBT people. Okay, I'm just going to stop right there. I want to do, um, there, there's a, a few different things that he says in this video. He's only about halfway through, and I kind of want to uh, kind of take it in sort of bite-sized pieces. Before we really get into the the discussion of this, Chris, would you mind reading the like a snippet of the passage that he's referring to, so we can get some context for for our yeah. our listeners, um, so that they can kind of get a a like just a few verses maybe that give us some context for those who are not familiar with the story or just a summary of the story. Yeah, I'll give the abridged version 
of the story of Jesus and Lazarus. So the story, if you want to go read it, I definitely recommend it. It's a phenomenal story that has a great amount of theological truths in it, uh, one of which is not the one that Brandon here is trying to portray. But um, nonetheless, if you want to go read the full story, it's in John's Gospel, chapter 11. So Lazarus is the brother of two girls, uh, Mary and Martha, who we meet in Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 10. Um, Martha, she's, you know, the busy body trying to serve everything and Mary, her sister, just sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Martha comes to her and is like, Jesus, don't you care? I'm serving all by myself. And Jesus tells Martha, um, quite shockingly, he says, um, Mary has chosen the good portion <laughs> and it will not be taken away from her. And so anyways, John chapter 10, we or 11, excuse me, we learned that Mary and Martha have a brother, Lazarus, and we're told, I think it's um, 11 chapter or verse 5, it says that Jesus loved these three. That it's a sibling set, and we might call them Christians, even though that term would have not been given yet to followers of Jesus. We would definitely say that these people believe Jesus to be the Messiah and had put their faith in him. And also, just from the language in the in the passage, you get this feeling that they were not just followers of Jesus, but they were close, intimate friends of Jesus because it says Jesus loved them. It says it multiple times. So anyways, Lazarus gets sick, and Jesus is out you know, in his traveling ministry. The sisters send word to Jesus through a messenger. The messenger says, Lord, the one who you love is sick. And long story short, Lazarus is not just sick. Lazarus is actually going to die from this illness. By the time that Jesus and his disciples get to the village where Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are at, Lazarus has been dead for four days. And this sort of picks up where Brandon's quoting you know, from this, this passage, and there's a lot of details that are given, but ultimately – Jesus goes to the tomb. He tells them to remove the stone, and Jesus stands in front of the tomb. He says, Lazarus, come out, and Lazarus comes out of the tomb in his grave clothes. So that's sort of the context, the abridged version. Like I said, you should go read the full chapter. It's a very long chapter, but definitely go read it. But that's where Brandon is getting this. Jesus helped his friend to come out. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think, Anybody who's familiar with the story in any capacity, and, and like Chris said, definitely encourage y'all to go read it in its entirety if you haven't. It's a it's just an incredible story, really rich with a lot of theological truths. One of those is not that that there that this has anything to do, anything remotely to do with sexuality of any variety, um, not heterosexuality, not homosexuality. There is nothing in this story that is even closely pertaining to anything that this guy is talking about. And the thing that for those who are not familiar with this guy, um, Brendan Robertson, um, I'm, I believe he's a Moody, uh, graduate. Yep. So this guy, this guy knows at least head knowledge. He, he, he has heard these stories before and he has probably had many professors that have faithfully, you know, exegeted the story properly and it's in his correct context. And so I think that and, and I think we're going to see as we go, his interpretation of scripture is is really where it all kind of falls apart. But I think we'll see here that this is so such a twisting that it's 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 kind of one of those things you have to laugh so you don't cry because nobody can you can't read this story and and think that there is anything to do with the fact that it says that Jesus says to Lazarus, come out and that he is saying, 
that he's either either saying that Jesus was telling Lazarus to to come like he's literally telling him to come out of out of the the tomb like this guy is dead he's literally saying like like exit the tomb come out um he's yeah. not saying hey i know that you've that, you, that you're you've been in a tomb for 4 days concealing your sexuality like what are we talking about um it's it's just such a it's such a, a for lack of better words laughable translation and i don't even think that i think that the, the delusion is so great in obviously in and brendan and or brandon however you pronounce his name and then in this entire like we we say progressive christianity and i hate to kind of use that as like this buzz sort of phrase or this boogeyman but i mean this whole progressive christianity that is essentially saying that you can define your truth and that you can then take scripture and the scripture is open to interpretation and that you can decide for yourself what truths you want to take from it, even if it's not even anywhere in that text. Um, yeah. It's really dangerous because then you can essentially make scripture to be literally whatever you want it to say. Yeah. Well, and I'd say Brandon Robertson's probably the poster child, or at least the social media poster child of progressive Christianity. I don't know because I don't follow progressive Christian speakers or influencers or anything online but he is one to your point dakota you said earlier you don't even have tiktok neither do i but you still see his videos everywhere they're constantly being shared online and like i said he really is kind of the poster child of this movement and for our listeners who don't know what progressive christianity is we're not going to get into it in this video we'll probably make an episode devoted to it in the future but what progressive Christians do is they take a – and it's not even a liberal approach. That's why we call it – there's a difference, I think, between liberal Christianity and progressive Christianity. I, I don't think those things are synonymous. I think they're – I think progressive Christianity goes farther than liberal Christianity or liberal theology. But what progressive Christians do, in effect, is they will choose a passage of Scripture, and they do this sort of – theological gymnastics and they do this sort of self-centered eisegesis where they'll you know they might go into the esv uh, bible app online and literally do a command f search come out oh where in the bible is the phrase come out i'm not saying this is what brandon robertson did but i'm just kind of giving a, a silly example and they'll say oh well john chapter 11 jesus says lazarus come out so now let me craft an entire sermon an entire theological exposition that supports the homosexual agenda, right? And for people who don't know Brendan Robertson, he is very open that he is homosexual. That's not something that he tries to conceal. Like he is very open and honest about it. And I think Dakota, we've got some more videos that maybe gives a little bit more background on his theological framework. Um, but basically what he does in this text, and if you watch any of his other videos, there's another video, maybe we can react to this one in the future, where he calls Jesus a racist because Jesus calls this woman a dog. But you know, you got to kind of zoom out with the lens and look at the larger context of what Jesus is saying to actually understand why he makes such a comment. He's not being racist, and he actually even says Jesus had to repent of – his racism, which if that's true, well, then Jesus certainly didn't pay for anybody's sins on the cross. If he sinned even just one time, because then he's just like everyone else. The whole gospel is that Jesus was perfect. 
and died as a perfect person in our place, right? So, right. Never anyways. mind the fact that in that story too, um, the the Samaritan woman says, essentially calls herself the dog, saying that even the dogs eat the scraps from the table. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so she got on, the like, reference of what Jesus was like, saying. Come on, yeah. Like, what are we doing? I mean, yeah. I think the the there's kind of two approaches to this, and I've seen quite a bit of the first one, which is unfortunate, which is just essentially like mocking or making fun of, um, where people will make videos of of Brandon or. I'm just gonna call him Brandon. On Brandon or Brendan, Brandon. I think it's Brandon. Um, okay, so um, well, th where they'll make videos of him and essentially just dog on him for 10, 15 minutes, whatever, and because they know it's gonna get clicks, they know it's gonna get views, because they know that this guy is really prominent in this kind of TikTok social media space right now. That's one approach, and I don't want to take that approach because this is a an image bearer of God, and somebody who we should earnestly desire to come to repentance and true salvation. On the flip side, what I do want to do is I want to approach this knowing that what this guy is, is, you know, what he's putting forth, what he's uh, perpetrating is literally demonic. I mean, I think we need to come against this with every every fiber of our beings because this is so this is so sneaky and so dangerous. And so many people that that feel like they're like, okay, well, that sounds that sounds really good. Um, that sounds, you know, very open and loving and kind and gracious and and they're going to hold fast to this to this thing that they think is truth that's a complete fabrication a complete lie and so it really just shows to especially to those who who are believers that you need to know your bible you really need to know your bible even more so in today's culture where i mean this is nothing new for the last 2000 years i mean even in the in the very beginning um, you know, in the first, second century, they were dealing with the Gnostics. So this is nothing new. People have been twisting scripture and, and picking and choosing for 2000 years. But I think it's it's just, it's so prevalent in our culture right now where people are going to, they're going to take little bits and pieces. They're going to twist them just a little bit where there might be a little drop of truth in the story. And that, yes, there was somebody named Lazarus and he came out of a tomb and they're going to twist it just enough where you're going to think is is there something to that? Is that true? And if you don't do the the research, if you don't take the time to know the Word of God, to study the Bible, to dive into it, to get context for what's actually being said, then you're just going to fall for the trap of, of believing this stuff. And I'm afraid that there's going to be a lot of people who want to have the spiritual aspect, but they don't want to have the aspect of being felt like they're being controlled. And so they're going to call themselves Christians, and they're also going to affirm things like this. Um, and unfortunately, when you take your final breath, it really doesn't matter what what you think is truth. Um, any final final thoughts on that before I kind of continue this clip? No, I think before we get finished the clip, would it be possible to pull up that Durbin clip where yeah, the first or the second one? The first one, because yeah. I think there's a really good point to be made in terms of how. Because the listener might be listening to this claim that Jesus here is promoting homosexuality, but to really understand where he's getting this from, we have to understand his view of scripture, and that's what he talks about here. So Dakota, if you want to go ahead and roll this clip, yeah. I think it's maybe 20 seconds or something. I can't remember. Cool. All probably start at different places. Um, you two uh, presumably believe that the Bible is the inerrant inspired word of God, and that is your objective moral standard. I would say that perhaps there is an objective moral standard, but I don't know. I don't believe that we can know it objectively. And um, I don't 
think that the Bible is uh, the inerrant word of God, and therefore I also don't think all of the morality that we find in the pages of the Bible is um, worthy of being followed. Um, and so we have two different starting places for. Yeah. So there you go. So, so the first comment that I want to make in that from that video in particular that ties into this video that we're reacting about with his message about Lazarus is that bad theology always follows from a low view of scripture. There is not a single person who holds God's word as the inspired infallible or the Bible, I should say, as the inspired infallible inerrant word of God and could possibly come to a conclusion that Jesus, the son of God, and in other places, Brandon Robertson will actually say that he believes that Jesus is God incarnate, which is incredible to me because – and what Jeff Durbin does in that longer video is he says, well, by what standard? How do you know if you don't accept God's word or the Bible is God's word, then how did you come to the conclusion to which Brandon Robertson will say, well, I know Jesus experientially? And so he sort of justifies. But another thing I want to draw attention to is the fact that he says – there are some parts of the Bible that are moral and good and we should follow, but then there are other parts, and that ties back into what I was talking about just a second ago. When someone like Brandon Robertson, who, like I said, he openly struggles with homosexuality, so what he's going to do is he's going to say, well, I'm going to accept the parts of the Bible that don't directly go against my worldview, and then when you open your Bible to Leviticus 18 where – God specifically, and people say, oh, well, homosexuality, that sort of behavior is not forbidden in the Bible. Go read Leviticus 18 where it explicitly says a man should not lay with another man the same way that he lays with a woman. And in that video clip, Dakota, if, if you watch the full interview, Jeff Durbin brings up that passage, and he says – Brandon, let me ask you, is it wrong for a man to have sex with an animal? And Brandon Robertson says, well, of course. And he says, okay, well, how do you know that that's wrong? But just a verse or two earlier, it says don't have sex with another man. Why do you accept the, the second one but not the first one? You know what I mean? So it's just this really inconsistent um, take on the Bible. The Bible does not contradict itself anywhere um, at all. And if we seem to rub up against the contradiction, it's usually – oh, actually, it's almost always the case that we are misunderstanding something. It takes a little bit more digging. But what Brandon Robertson does is he just says outright, well, I accept one premise but not the other. I accept the teaching about bestiality, but I don't accept it about homosexuality. And then what's even worse is he will then try to take scripture and, like he does in the Lazarus video and say, see, this is my point. God isn't against homosexuality. Jesus actually wanted his friend to come out of the closet. You, that's the whole point of what he's saying here, right? He he uses the tomb. In this case, he's saying coming out of the tomb, but really what he's saying is, Lazarus, come out of the closet. You know, be who you are. Wave your pride flag, you know? And the other thing, too, on the original video, I want to point out, Brandon doesn't even get the story right. He says that Lazarus was bound up in all this clothing and left for dead. That is not what the text says. The text says uh, when Jesus approaches that I believe – I can't remember if it's Martha or Mary, but one of them says, Jesus, he's been dead for four days. He's been in this tomb for four days. There's going to be an odor. 
-hmm. It doesn't say that, oh, well, Jesus, he's dying in the tomb because you don't put a dying person in the grave. That would be pretty messed up. One of Lazarus' sisters outright acknowledges, and Jesus even acknowledges before he goes to the village, um, he tells his disciples Lazarus has fallen asleep, and his disciples say, oh, well, Lord, if he's asleep, he'll recover. And then it says in a couple of verses later, Jesus then told his disciples plainly, Lazarus has died. It right. does not anywhere say that he was left for dead. Lazarus was a dead man, right? So then when you start to realize that Brandon Robertson's literally just choosing this one sentence, Jesus declared Lazarus come out. And he's totally just omitting the rest of not just the story, but he's omitting the rest of scripture. Um, and obviously, as we know, Jesus had an incredibly high view of scripture. He constantly says not a single jot or tittle of the law um, is is going to be dismissed. It, it all must be fulfilled. He, he never says – he even says, I did not come to abolish the law but to fulfill it, right? So yeah. again, we just have taking one – verse or not even a full verse it's like a couple of words where then he's saying oh yeah see jesus the jesus that i follow is for homosexuality and i can prove it using this one one verse right here yeah i mean and like i said guys this is going to be a quick episode i think this is probably gonna be my last point on this because i feel like you know y'all y'all understand where we're coming from on this and really our heart behind this is just to show the danger of of believing that we can interpret or decide for ourselves who we want Jesus to be. I mean, every single religion, every major religion at least, has a has Jesus in some capacity within their religion. Um, funny enough, I didn't even know. I think like even Hinduism does. And so if you make the mistake of trying to make Jesus who you want him to be rather than who the Bible shows him clearly to be, then you are then making the mistake of falling into, you're doing the exact same thing as the Muslim, as the Hindu, as the Buddhist, as whoever else. You are you're you can call yourself a Christian all you want. It doesn't really matter what you call yourself. Um, if you don't adhere to the gospel, if you don't follow what the Bible clearly indicates, you know, how we're saved, who Jesus is. If you get Jesus wrong and who Jesus is and what he said, you know, what he said to be true, um, you, you, you are not, a, you are not a Christian. Um, if you don't believe that Jesus truly was and is the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the Messiah, then you know you're you're believing something else entirely. So I think something too yep. that he touched on, you know that that I don't know where people get this from, and it's really big in not just the progressive Christian movement, but I think a lot in in is kind of creeping its way into this sort of evangelical space. Um, is this idea that God wants you to be who you, exactly who you are? Um, that, you know, he has, he has made you this way and he wants you to be, um, you know, come out and be your, be your true self. You know, that, that's the most honoring to God. It's so, again, we, we, we see, I, I, I'm like almost at a loss for words because the Bible is so clear that who we are is dead in our trespasses and sins, that we are anti-God, that we are anti-good, that we are anti-righteousness, that we are against anything that is good in and of ourselves. We are literally just incurring wrath upon ourselves. So really that if the Bible is saying anything as it pertains to, you know, who to be, it's like, don't be your true self because your true self is wicked, detestable, and your true self is deserving of eternal punishment in hell ultimately. So, yep. you know, please don't be your true self um, ultimately. And that, that means that in order to be the truest version of yourself, surrender your life to Christ, find your identity and your righteousness in him, 
and then that that is you know now you're being your your identity who you are is now in Christ and that means you're going to live in righteousness you're going to change your thought you're going to repent which quite literally means to turn so you're going to see your wickedness you're going to see your sins that doesn't mean we're going to be perfect we're going to still sin because we're sinners but yeah. you see your sin and you hate it and you want to turn from it because you see that it's in direct you know it's an affront to to god and his word so if you are actively engaging in sin and not only are you not wanting to repent or turn from it but you are trying to affirm it and you are trying to get others to affirm it and trying to deceive them as well you are incurring an a level of wrath that is is so just horrifyingly scary so i would say to the person that's either trying to perpetrate it please 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 repent to the person that's listening to this garbage Turn it off. Open your Bible, please. I'm 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 begging you to do so. To the Christian, open your Bible more. That's to that's to both of us, um, especially to me. That's a a you know preaching to to myself here. Open the Bible more. Read the Bible. Um, devotionals are fine, but you got to get into the Word. You have to know the Bible, especially in this day and age that we live in. People are going to attack it with everything they have, and they're going to try to twist it in, in, into a pretzel. You have to know what it says. You have to be able to to stand on it. Yeah, you have to know the whole counsel of God. My closing thought here, Dakota, is for the listener, we have got to get rid of this anthropocentric, man-centered approach to the holy word of God. We cannot cherry-pick, like we see in this video, we cannot cherry-pick the verses that make us feel good or we think go well in a t-shirt or a coffee mug. We have to take the entire counsel of God, which is Genesis to Revelation, and we have to conform ourselves to that. Of course, this requires the help of the Holy Spirit, but Romans 12, 2 is the most clear on this. It says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that by testing, you may be able to discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. That means reading your Bible, asking the Holy Spirit to help you understand, and not be looking for ways to justify your sinful behavior, which is exactly what happens in this video that we were reacting to today. Like to Dakota's point, be in the Word, ask God to help you, and pray for people like Brandon Robertson. I I join you, Dakota, in saying I hope that Brandon will repent and put his faith in the real Jesus, not the Jesus that he has imagined in his mind that supports his lifestyle. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, like it's like we said, it's going to be a quick one today. Um, you know, it's it's there's really not much more that we that we need to say on this. Um, hopefully, y'all hear our heart on this and our desire um, should always be to to speak the truth, but speak the truth in love. So as we approach these conversations, and as we approach these you know these dialogues, whether it be you know over the internet or in person. Um, let's always do it with love, but let's not compromise on truth. So um, with all that being said, if you enjoyed this podcast, like it, share it, subscribe, share with your friends and family. It really helps us grow. Um, follow us on Instagram at Light and Line Podcast. DM us with any questions, any comments, any ideas for future episodes. We would love that. It makes our life easy if you give us ideas. Um, in the meantime, keep growing in knowledge to the glory of God. We'll see you all next time.